Hey everybody, this is Pastor Terry. I want to welcome you to our Wednesday evening Bible study. Glad you've joined me this evening. Hey, if you have your Bibles, open them to Acts the 8th chapter. And um, uh, there was a man named Philip, and he was an evangelist, and he was in the middle of a city-wide revival. And uh, during that revival, and many people were being saved and healed by the power of the Holy Spirit, but, but during that revival, in Acts, the eighth chapter and the 26th verse, the Bible says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now think about that. He, he got some divine direction or some divinely granted direction. The Lord uh, sent an angel and that angel appeared to Philip and gave him some direction uh, as to where to go. And then as he uh, uh, did what the angel said do, if you, uh, and he, he came up upon this, uh, th this fellow that was, uh, he, he was a Ethiopian eunuch and uh, he was, uh, in his chariot, and uh, then look here at Acts 8, uh, chapter 8, uh, verse 29, uh, as Philip is observing this eunuch, the Spirit said to Philip, uh, the Holy Spirit here said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot, which Philip did, and uh, he preached the Lord Jesus Christ to the eunuch. The eunuch was reading from Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, the eunuch uh, preached Jesus to this guy. He, he got him saved, then he water baptized him. And then the next thing you know, the Bible says, if you read on there in Acts 8, Philip was supernaturally translated or caught away to another place and continued on in his ministry. Now you might say, well, Pastor Terry, why did you start reading with these verses? Uh, well, I want to talk to you tonight about how to hear from God. How to hear from God. That's what many people want to know. And so many Christians, almost every one of them that I've ever talked to over the many years, several decades of, of pastoring, people want to know how to hear from God. And uh, so that's what I want to talk to you tonight about. Um, now here in, in this case here with Philip, he had some pretty supernatural guidance here, I would say. Uh, an angel appeared to him as we read, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And, uh, and that's, that's, and then, of course, he was translated, you know, uh, to, to another place. Uh, but, but an angel spoke to him. He heard, he heard the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And wow, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's cool. That's really, really fantastic. Um, but, uh, you need to realize that's not the main way that God leads people. These are, this, what I read to you from Acts 8 with Philip is, listen to me, it is the exception, absolute exception and not the rule. You need to be aware of that. Uh, just reading from my notes, um, you, you see a lot of times people want to hear an audible voice. They think that God will lead them with an audible voice. Now, Philip, apparently, now, in, in Acts 8.29, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit said to him, now how did the Holy Spirit say? Did he, did he hear the voice of the Holy Spirit audibly? I, I don't know. Did he hear the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of him, which is known as the still small voice? I, I don't know, but the Bible doesn't specifically say, but the Spirit spoke to him. Uh, so an audible voice. Uh, 
Could God speak with an audible voice? Well, certainly he could. Um, but you need to know that's the exception and not the rule. Uh, what about a sign? A lot of people want a sign. You know, God, give me a sign. You need to realize that, that, that God typically doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't lead his children that way. Or a dream. Now, in the Bible, you see God using dreams at times to, to speak to his people. But you need to realize that is the exception and not the rule. Um, uh, I have in my notes an angelic appearance. Well, Philip got one of those. But again, you need to realize the exception and not the rule. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, people, uh, now this, to, to my knowledge, doesn't happen so much anymore. Now it may, depending on where you go to church. Uh, this was pretty prevalent back in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s, particularly among charismatic or Pentecostal churches. You, you Believe me, you never got this next thing in a Baptist church uh, ever. But uh, uh, a prophecy, you know, that's where somebody comes up to you, they walk up to you, maybe a, a friend of yours, someone you know, or a lot of times somebody... You know, you didn't even know. And they'd, they'd catch you, you know, in the hallway of the church or, or in the, the, the foyer, you know, or, or in the parking lot or wherever, or even, you know, in the sanctuary before or after a service and, and, and come up to you and say, you know, uh, hey, I've got a word from God for you. And then they'll pr proceed to say, you know, the, you know, the Holy Spirit's telling me to tell you thus and so. Um, and, and a lot of times even pastors or ministers uh, if you've come from charismatic or Pentecostal type circles, particularly the 70s, 80s, 90s, you may even still see it some today, uh, where, where, you know, uh, uh, people will get a word of personal prophecy. And sometimes people think that God will lead them that way. And, and, uh, uh, let me tell you right now, God, and I'll say more about this at the end of this message, but God does not lead people. God does not lead his children through uh, prophecies, okay, uh, through, through personal prophecies is what I'm trying to say, uh, you know, where somebody comes up and gives you a, a quote unquote word from the Lord. Uh, God, and I'll say more about this as we go here this evening, but, but God does not, does not use that method to lead people. Now, look, in the Old Testament, God would use prophets, okay, to, to, to lead his people because the people in the Old Testament didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. But here in the New Testament, we have as Christians the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, so God doesn't use prophets. I don't care how big and famous their names are. God does not use prophets to lead anybody, okay? Uh, that's just not how God operates, and you need to know that. So, uh, but, but a lot of times over the years, people would even come up to me and say, you know, Pastor Terry, do you have a word, uh, for me? And, 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 you know, most all, almost all the time, I, I, you know, no, I don't have a specific word for them. Now, I've always got the Bible to share with them, of course, but I wouldn't have a specific word. Now, there have been times over the years where I felt uh, a leading of the Spirit of God to give somebody a, a, a word from the Lord, but I'll say more about that as we go. But the thing you need to know is you shouldn't be looking for God to lead you uh, through somebody else. You know, you understand what I'm saying. Say more about that as we go. Um, oh, here's one I have in my notes. A lot of times people think that God will lead them through an open or closed door. Oh, listen to this one. 
Oh, listen to this one. A lot of people have have gotten in, in great problems over this next one. They think that if a door opens up, well, it must be the Lord. Or, you know, if, if a door closes, well, it must be the Lord. Well, God doesn't lead through opened or closed doors, as we'll see. Uh, but a lot of times people think, well, a door opened up, so it must be God wants me to take that certain opportunity. Well, you know what? A, the devil can open a door too. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes people say, well, the, the door just closed, so God mustn't want me to do that. Well, you know, the devil can close doors also. Uh, so God doesn't lead through open or closed doors or through opportunities. You know, if, if the devil closed the door on me, I'd want to take my faith and kick the thing open, you know, or you know what I mean? Or if the devil opened a door for me, I wouldn't want to walk through it. See, God doesn't lead through opened or closed doors. I've had so many people over the years. Oh, I've listened to so many. Oh, well, the door opened up. So, I, you know, I'm going to just go take that opportunity. Uh, you know, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, God doesn't lead through open or closed doors. Listen to me. Now, you need to, you need to know that. 99% of the time, 99% of the time, God, let me tell you how he does lead us. He leads by the Holy Spirit. He leads by the Holy Spirit. 99% of the time, God will lead us. I would even say 99.99% of the time, God will lead us by his Holy Spirit. In Romans 8.14, the Bible says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And that word sons there connotates maturity. See, a mature Christian is not looking for audible voices or signs or dreams or angelic appearances, although God could use those. But a mature Christian isn't looking for those those things to be to, to, to hear from God or opened or closed doors or these sorts of things. A mature Christian is going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and listen to me. This is how God leads. This is how he leads his children, uh, by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that's it. That's it right there. Now that begs this next question. How does the Holy Spirit lead? And that's a good question. Well, let me do my best to answer it. So if you're taking notes, the number one way that, that the Holy Spirit will lead us is through the holy written word of God, the Holy Bible. Now, that's the number one way that the Holy Spirit will lead us is, is through the, the Bible. That's why you need to read and study your Bible. Okay. You need to know what it says. And frankly, if we just knew the Bible as Christians, I mean, the Bible answers so many questions for us that, you know, uh, you know, that, that I mean, like, you know, if somebody, uh, how do I want to say this? Uh, you know, well, for, here's a good example. You know, uh, let's say that you're single. Let's say you're single and you're, you know, you want to, you want to get married. Okay. Well, you know, the first thing you need to do is know what the Bible says about people that you should or shouldn't date. 
you know? And this is maybe maybe the, one of the number one questions that Christians have when they're single is, you know, they want to get married, you know, well, who who should I marry? Well, the Bible gives us some very excellent, the most excellent of all guidelines. And, and you know, the first thing I would say, and, and I'll just, just say this and it'll be sufficient, is we shouldn't be marrying anybody who is not a Christian. In fact, we sh- according to the Bible, we shouldn't even be dating. Uh, you know, if you're single, you shouldn't even be dating somebody that is not a Christian. Okay, the Bible says not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so, you know, as far as hearing from God as to who you should or shouldn't marry, you know, I mean, you just need to know first and foremost that God has already led you when he wrote in his Bible to you. Remember, the Bible is, is, is is, is a big letter that God has written to each and every one of his children. You become a child of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You understand that. But if we just knew what the Bible said as it pertains to a spouse, you know, he's already written in his word not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So, you know, right there, if you're, if you're looking for direction from God on a mate, you don't, you don't even date somebody that's not a Christian. You understand that? So I think that's a good example. But, but here's what you need to, again, have in your notes. How you be led, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. You must know the Word of God. Because that's the number one way the Holy Spirit will lead. And over the years when people have come up to me and they've said, you know, Pastor Terry, do you have a word for me from the Lord? And I'll say, well, the Bible says, and a lot of times they don't want to hear that. They want some, woo, thus saith the Lord, you know. Look, you know, we, we should be well satisfied to hear the word of God on any subject and it should be more than sufficient for us. You understand? And, uh, but, but that, that, but now that begs this next question. Okay. So, so the number one way to, to be led by the Holy Spirit is through the Holy Written Word, but, what if you need to know something that's not specifically written in the Word of God? Now, let's use this, let's continue with this example about a mate, okay? Alright, so generally, we understand that we're not supposed to date anybody that's not a Christian, much less marry them. Okay, so generally, that's, that's real good, but still, you know, if you're a single fellow out there, like I was at one time many years ago, you know, okay, I'm not supposed to date, certainly not marry an unbeliever, but there was a lot of believing girls, you know, single ladies. So how do you narrow it down from that? Well, that's where, that's where you get in to, uh, this next part of the message. It's, it's, it, and it's a general versus the specific. You know, first of all, if we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, we need to follow his general leading, which is the Word of God. So many people, Christians now, they want the specific leading of the uh, of the Lord through the Holy Spirit, but they don't want to follow his general leading. Well, let me tell you, if you won't follow the word of God, God's general leading for us, uh, I've watched this over the years, the Holy Spirit is not quick to lead us specifically, okay? So if we want the Holy Spirit to lead us specifically, we need to follow his general guidelines as he gives us in the word of God. But on this mate uh, question, uh, you know, okay, so we're not supposed to, you know, 
be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, but there's still a lot of, you know, if you're a single fellow there or a single lady, whatever, there's a lot of uh, single Christians, you know, of the opposite sex that's, that's available. So how do we narrow it down? And, uh, and, and so let's go to Isaiah 55 verse 12, and it gives us how to be specifically led by the Spirit of God when it's not written in, in the Bible. Because you see, you can't go in the Bible and say, see, you know, you shall marry, you know, Betty, or you shall marry, uh, uh, Jane, or whoever. Or if you're a female, you can't go in there and find, you know, you shall marry Bob, or you shall marry Tom. Can't find that, okay? Um, but what you can find is this, Isaiah 55, 12 says this, for you shall go out with joy. <laughs> you shall go out with joy. So you find a woman that's named Joy. Well, there you go. <laughs> Causing myself to laugh. I, I use this kind of as a joke sometime. I wasn't in love with Joy. I was in love with Diane. So, so, but anyway, you'll go out with Joy. But here's here's the point here. And be led out with peace. Okay? So this is what I'm driving at. God will lead you specifically through what I call peace versus no peace. Okay? Peace versus no peace. That's that, that, that smooth feeling right there on the inside that you get when God wants you to do something. Okay? And when you don't have that nice, smooth, warm, glowy feeling on the inside, then, then, you know, we, we say that, well, we have a check in our spirit, you know, and a check in your spirit is like, like there's something on the inside that's, scratching you the wrong way, you know, then, then we take that as a leading from the Lord not to move in that direction. And, uh, uh, you know, when I got around Diane, when we were single, there was, I had that smooth, warm, you know, glowy feeling about her. And it wasn't just that I was all oogly woogly over. I mean, I was that too, but I tell you what, there's a lot of people get married because they're oogly woogly and they, they wind up in divorce court. Let's don't, be led by the ugly wooglies. You know what I mean by that? You know, where our hormones go running. Don't be led by your hormones. Well, I've seen a lot of people be led by their hormones and they get married and they get, you know, in a mess when the honeymoon wears off. It's a mess. Be led by the Spirit of God. And he says right here, you'll be led with peace. It's that, that inward feeling of calmness, that, that, that knowing that you know that you know. And that's how the Holy Spirit leads. Now that you say, well, that's in the Old Testament, Pastor. Well, let's get, let me give you one here, a scripture in the New Testament, Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now there it is. Let the peace of God rule where? In your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And actually, if you study into that word rule in the, in the Greek, you know, that's the original language the Bible was written in here, the New Testament. That word rule has a connotation of umpire about it. Like an umpire in a baseball game, the umpire, what does he do? One of the things he does is he calls when something's safe or when something's out. Okay. And, uh, so, uh, you let the peace of God in your hearts be the umpire. So if you come up on a situation, and, uh, and, 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 uh, you've got peace, then that's the umpire telling you proceed. If you come up on a situation and you don't have peace, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Then that's the, 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 the umpire, the, uh, on the inside of you, you know, telling you that it's, it's, it's not safe. Don't proceed. Um, 
So that's how the Holy Spirit will lead us through that peace versus no peace. You know, we talked about opened and closed doors earlier. Uh, I tell you what, uh, you, you don't be led because the door is open or because the door is closed. You know what I'm talking about? A door of opportunity. But rather you come up on a door, I don't care if it's open or if it's closed, whatever the case, you've got to have peace before you walk through it. I mean, you know, there might be a closed door, but the Spirit of God is, you got peace about, you know, moving through that into that, 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 that way. You know, it may be you need to use your faith to get that thing open. You know what I mean? Or you could come up on a door, it's open and you don't move it just because the door is open. You want that peace of God. If you don't have the peace of God, you don't you don't go, even though the door is open. You get what I'm saying? Don't be led by opened and closed doors or opportunities or this or that or the other. You're led by the Holy Spirit. Number one way He leads is through His holy written word, and then and and that leads us into general situations of life and and many specific things in there, you know. But but when it comes down to you know, like what, who should I marry? What job should I take? Which house should I buy? Which car should I buy? You know, which way do we go? Then you need that, you need, you need to rely on that, the peace of God on the inside. Okay. Don't rely on an angelic appearance or an audible voice or a prophecy from somebody or, or, or a dream or a vision or whatever. God could use those things, but 99.99% of the time, you're going by the holy written word and you're going by whether or not you have peace in your heart or not, okay? And now, that's not as woo, super uh, 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 spectacular is what I'm trying to say. Uh, uh, you know, this peace in your heart, it's not a spectacular thing like a angelic appearance or a, these sorts of things, you know, that I've mentioned. Those are more spectacular. Um, I like what one good preacher said. He said a lot of times Christians are looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. So let's don't be looking for the spectacular things, but rather let's, let's, let's look for the supernatural moving of the Holy Spirit, which is that peace versus no peace. And again, I want to say it. It's not a spectacular woo type thing. I tell you what, a lot of people have gotten in trouble by going by something that's spectacular and woo. The devil can oblige you if you're looking for the spectacular and the woo. You know what I'm talking about? But uh, but the Holy Spirit, a lot of times, it's not a spectacular thing when He moves in in leading us and guiding us. It's that peace versus no peace. Not spectacular, but very supernatural and very, very safe. Okay, now um, let's go to, let me give you an example of this peace versus no peace. Um, if you go to Acts, the 15th chapter, uh, talking about Silas. Remember Paul, he, he traveled with Barnabas and they had a falling out. And they parted company and Silas had uh, previously to Paul and Barnabas having a, a breakup in their relationship, uh, uh, Silas had gone to Antioch and, uh, Paul and Barnabas were there and they had that breakup and, and, uh, and Silas was there. He had come there with some other, other ministers and the other ministers left to go back home or whatever. And notice here in Acts 15:34, it says this, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Now, not a spectacular thing here. Not an angelic appearance or a dream or a vision or a prophecy or anything like that. 
The Bible says it seemed good. What is that another way of saying? Uh, Silas just had peace on the inside to stay there. And it's interesting, Paul happened to be looking for a, another ministry companion and because Silas had listened to that peace on the inside, it just seemed good for him to stay. Look at verse 40. The Bible says Paul chose Silas and departed. And you know, Silas, as a result, he got to be the traveling companion of the Apostle Paul. What an honor that was. He'd have missed that. See, he'd have missed that opportunity if he hadn't have been being led by the Spirit of God, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Nothing spectacular here, but very supernatural. He had that 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 good seeming that seeming good feeling on the inside, and it he, he you know it put him in the right, it kept him in the right spot, and he was there when when Paul needed a companion. He chose Silas. If he hadn't listened to that piece on the inside, he'd have left with his friends and they, he wouldn't have been there and, and he would have missed out on what a, what a great, great life of ministry he'd have missed out on. And, uh, so there's a good example of it. Another good example is in Acts, the 27th chapter. Um, and I'm just going to paraphrase this, but out, some weeks ago I preached on storms and I used this example, but Paul was a prisoner and he was on his way to, uh, to, to uh, I guess it was to Rome, and uh, the the time for sailing was dangerous. And Paul talked to the to the people that were was running the ship, and you know he said, "Hey, it's it's not a good time to sail." And uh, you know, a lot of times we don't really now listen carefully. We don't really need to spend a lot of time praying about a lot of things as it pertains to being led. Now listen to what I'm saying. Now we always need to pray and all of that. And don't misunderstand me, but here's what I'm trying to say. It's like, like if you're going to go to, to the Caribbean for vacation, you know, you don't schedule your, your vacation during hurricane season. Okay. So that doesn't require a lot of prayer right there, does it? That's what I was trying to get at. Now we all always ought to be prayerful, but I mean, you know, my wife and I, you know, when we've gone on vacation to the Caribbean, you know, we've never prayed about, well, should we go during hurricane season? Well, we're not going to even pray about that. We're not going to set up a vacation during hurricane season. You see what I'm saying? We're talking about being led here. A lot of times we need to just use our brain. You know, the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, not the removing of our minds. Yeah, pretty funny, huh? Not original with me. I heard somebody else say that, but you know what? Sometimes we're dealing with Christians over the many years and I've even been in this group myself. Sometimes it looks like we've removed our minds and we shouldn't, we should renew our minds. Okay. So just being led by the spirit of God. Hey, you know, just use some common sense. And Paul said, Hey, it's not, it's not safe to sail. We shouldn't be sailing. But then after that, they, the, the people that was running the ship, cause Paul had no control. He was a, a prisoner. And so he had to go along with whatever they were, they were doing. But then he told them, and if you want to read it, it's in Acts 27. He said, man, I perceive that this voyage is going to be a dangerous one and it's going to end with disaster and much loss and so on and so forth. And the Bible said he perceived. See, he, he didn't have an angelic appearance here or a dream or a vision. Now, later on, on down the road, when they got in that bad hurricane, the Bible says an angel of the Lord stood by Paul you know, and told him some things and, and whatnot. But at this point, you know, he, he was just perceiving he peace versus no peace. That's all he had in his heart. 
and, uh, and, and he told them, but they didn't listen to him and, uh, they wound up in a mess. And, uh, you can, you can read that or go listen to my sermon on storms from a couple of weeks ago. Um, here's something else. Mark 16 verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel as it pertains to being led. Uh, we need to be goers, goers. Uh, I like to say it this way. We ought to be green light Christians. In other words, we need to be on the go. And unless the Holy Spirit gives us a red light, in which point we would, we would back off. What do I mean by that? Um, here's what I mean by, by that. Uh, a while ago, you know, I was talking about open doors and closed doors and, you know, we shouldn't go just because the door's open or the door's closed. But let me, let me kind of, uh, uh, say a little bit more about that right now. I believe that we need to be, uh, on the go, particularly as it pertains to preaching the gospel. We need to be on the go. We need, need to be goers. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I, I know that, uh, as, as a young minister, you know, you know, you know, you start out in the ministry and you start praying and you should pray about where you should preach and where you shouldn't. But let me tell you, when you start out in the ministry, you know, you get an opportunity to preach. I mean, we need to be goers. We need to be on the go. And, you know, I've, I've seen uh, ministers already, young ministers, they, you know, they get an opportunity to preach and well, you know, they, they've got to spend a bunch of time praying. No, no, you get an opportunity to preach the gospel, you go. But let me say this. Now watch this, because I gotta, I gotta, I gotta balance this up here now. We be, need to be on the go, okay? Particularly as it pertains to preaching the gospel. But be a green light Christian. Don't, don't be the kind of Christian that you, you know, you're gonna, gonna, uh, 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 you know, sit in your closet all day and. Praying about whether, oh, and by the way, don't pray about what color tie you ought to wear. Or, you know, come on. Come on, guys. I mean, you know, that's what, you, if you're married, that's what you got your wife for. Okay? You know, we don't need to be praying. I, I've seen Christians already that, you know, they'll pray for an hour about which color tie they're going to wear. God's not concerned about natural things like that. Now, if you don't have a tie and you want one, you know, believe God to get you a tie. But you know what I'm talking about? We can get carried away with these things and, and you know, well, what color suit, Lord, should I wear today? Or what color shirt should I wear today? Come on. That's why we, again, that's why you got your wife. You know, go ask her, you know. And if you don't have a wife, go to Google and figure out what colors go together and what don't. But a lot of times people spend, Christians I'm talking about over the years, they'll spend all day praying, you know, well, you know, you know, silly things like what color dress or tie they should wear, or, you know, are young ministers. Well, should I take that opportunity or shouldn't I? Should I? No, go. Okay. But now I got to say this. Look at Acts 16, verse 6. So let's be green like Christians. Let's be on the move. And here's the way you operate with the Holy Spirit. You be on the move and you be a goer unless he gives you a red light. If he gives you a red light, then you can put the brakes on. But otherwise, you need to be, uh, you need to be on the go. Look here at Acts 16, verse 6 with the Apostle Paul. Now he was an on the go Christian, on the go soul winner. He, boy, he's got, he, he got more people saved by accident than most people do on purpose. I mean, he was always telling people about Jesus, you know, just, just about all the time. But Acts 16, verse 6, uh, says, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, notice this, 
they were when they had gone. See, they were goers. This is Paul, Acts sixteen six. He was on the go, goers going, on the on the move for Jesus. But look, it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. See, they were on the go, and they had until they got that red light, that no peace, and then they didn't go. After they'd come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Now, you know, how did the Spirit not permit them? How did he forbid them? I, you know, the Bible doesn't say specifically, you know, that, that, that he spoke audibly or spoke with an inward witness and all of that, but uh, but I believe, I believe just, just from my study of this, and, and, and Paul, you know, being sensitive to the spirit, it was most likely they just didn't have peace about it. How does God lead? 99.99% of the time, he'll lead with peace versus no peace. So they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, and then they uh, were not permitted to go to Bithynia. So, uh, they were on the go until they got that no peace or that red light. And by the way, because people ask me, they'll say, well, if, you know, why wouldn't the Lord want the word preached in Asia or, or in Bithynia? Uh, why wouldn't he want the word preached there? Doesn't he want the gospel preached everywhere? Well, yes. But for these, you know, God had other people, other ministers besides Paul and Silas and so on. He had other ministers that he wanted to use also. And it was, it was, it was probably the reason here was it wasn't the right time for them to go. Or maybe it wasn't the right time. The people in these places wouldn't have, have, have listened had they went. Uh, uh, but take comfort in this. The gospel did get to these places later on. But the point for this message is, is they were on the go until they got that red light. And, uh, it's, um, uh, it, 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 they were sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, um, let's see, what time do I have here? Um, I tell you what, let's, uh, why don't, you know, I've been preaching a long, long time and I, I, I know that all these Bible sessions, I've been going sometimes 40, 45, 50 minutes. And, uh, I tell you what, why, this is such an important subject. I tell you what, why don't I stop here? And I'm at 34 minutes. This is long enough. Why I'm trying to keep these to about 30 minutes. This is such an important subject. Why don't we stop here? And uh, why don't you study this over this next week? And then we'll pick up here next uh, week. I'll make a two-part series out of this. Next week, I'll review just a little bit about what I said, just a little bit. And then I want to get into some of these other things. And uh, I want to talk some some about uh, 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 personal prophecies and 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 uh, these sorts of things that uh it's just going to take me too long to to do. So let's unhook right here and I'll pick up right here next week and we'll uh we'll finish up on how to be led by the spirit of God, okay? And I've got some interesting stuff to tell you, some cautions for you, some cautions for you about uh uh personal prophecies and things like that that uh I think will be helpful. Okay? Hey, so let's unhook here and we'll pick up here next week and I better stop telling you what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> I'll take it be another 10 minutes. So God bless you. And I'll see you Sunday at Summit Church. And then I'll see you back here next week to finish this. God bless you. Bye-bye.